0: Hey, Brent. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Ken. I appreciate you. Uh, welcome to South
1: Africa. Thank and you. I guess America and the rest of the world, um, welcome to me. Thank you. And I noticed something. Uh, it looks like something about uh, hanging on your chair that I've seen before. Oh, Is yeah. Is yeah. Jacket. a lunch jacket? You see the merch? I can see, the, see merch. the merch. I love it super superfly. And fly. I can see a bottle of rose in the back. I see a bottle of bamboo. I see another of bottle course. of bamboo. I see I, another I, I bottle got a couple of rose. Thank you. I love you. it. Yeah. I love it. But anyway, so let me, for your fans to know who who this old man is talking to you, um, I own uh, a whole bunch of liquor brands, wine spirits uh, from Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, Vion, past brands, Ace of Spades, Doucet. Um, uh, for your fans to know, I started a series called Self-Made a few years ago. I get to interview hundreds of people in business, sports, music, entertainment who were successful. And uh, what I love and what got me to where I am today is I love hearing the horror story. I love That's hearing right. the grind. I love hearing the the not success side because it wasn't easy and it's never easy. Um, sure. So I started out. Uh, pretty the same way with everybody. What does self-made mean to you? Jeez, uh, and again, um, thank you for having me on your
0: platform. I'm uh, Super inspired by the things you do. I aspire to to own as many companies as you do in the future. Thank you, too, thank you. Know? you. Uh, but I think what being self-made to me means, um, you know, it means like going against the grain. You know, yeah. And it's like not being not being spoon-fed, and, and self-made doesn't mean doing it completely on your own. You know, I think that's like what a lot of people get like misconstrued when they think about independency and being self-made. No, being independent doesn't mean alone. It means like you're doing it on your own terms, in your own time, with your team. So, what being self-made to me means is like making it against the grain. You know, going beating the odds. You know what I'm saying? Not having, not having it being given to you you have to actually really work for it be resilient you need to fail and it's only a failure if you yep. stop it's a lesson if you keep going on if you learn from those from from what made you fall get back up and keep going um so i think ultimately that's what like being self-made to me means, yeah like, I, really I, like
1: beating the odds i, I would uh, i there's there so many things you just said that i completely concur with like i feel yeah. What were some of the things that you overcame? What were those odds that you overcame to get there?
0: Man, Brett, I mean, I I was born in a, in a small country in Africa called Luanda. I mean, it's called Angola, but the capital city is Luanda. And, um, and we had moved to South Africa when I was a very, very young man. My father was, um, you know, was a civil rights fighter and he had left South Africa uh, to go fight in the armed struggle, you know, to, you know, to, for, for protection of our people, uh, for our people to gain independence in our country. So already from a young age, when I moved back to South Africa, we lived in Soweto, which is, you know, um, one of the most impoverished, like, um, and the biggest townships in, in, in South Africa. And basically throughout my whole journey of making it, like, um, I used to be laughed at in school. (laughs) Why? Why? I was that dude, like, you know, uh, just like rapping in the corridors, rapping in class, you know, uh, murmuring and mumbling to myself, you know, and like people would like walk past, friends would walk past and be like, dude, like, are you crazy? Are you talking to yourself? Or like, what are you doing? You know, this guy's always talking to himself. He thinks he's going to make it as a rapper. No one makes it as a rapper. Because you need to understand that the hip hop industry in South Africa is still a very, very young industry. And when I was rapping back in high school, and this is, you know, when I started rapping was like 20, 2004, yeah, around 2004. Uh, I was about like 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there. And um, it wasn't popular to be a, a rapper. It wasn't popular to want to be a musician. You know, uh, hip hop was never, was never a big genre in yep. that time, especially, you know. It's grown much, much, much further in this period, you know. Um, But yeah, small things like that, Uh, making it, being independent my whole career. So everything needed to be self-funded, all the ideas and initiatives had to be, you know, initiated by me. And if I was, I didn't have a big boss or a big brother or uh, all the homies to put me on, you know, I was always hustling, always finding a way, always finding cracks in the corner for me to like, to break it. I always had to work twice as hard as like, you know, a lot of my peers, and I mean that by being an independent artist, because a lot of the people who I, who are my competition in the industry, for instance, are people who have mass a mass amount of management or yeah. maybe a big record label behind them. Um, so just like so, just being that, an independent person and just and, and really trying to break through in a country that's kind of like trying to hold like where where hip hop is. It's not a very big cultural thing as it yep. is like in in America, you know. People identify here with more dance music than than hip hop.
1: Why didn't you ever give up?
0: Yo, I have too many people depending on me. You know, I had I I had a younger sister. Shout out to my my beautiful baby sister. Uh, her name was Buitumelo, uh, AKA Barney Bu. Shout out if you if you're listening to this man, like since I was a kid, she's only like six years younger than me, but she always pushed me like, yo, you know, my real name is Ricardo. Like Carter, you can make it. Carter, you're gonna be big. Carter, you're gonna be huge. Carter, don't give up, you know? And, and in my family and in my neighborhood, you know, the neighborhood doesn't have a lot of people who have made it out yep. of the neighborhood. A lot yep. of the dudes are either dead in jail or still, still stuck in the corners living in their mom's house, you know? Yep. And, and coming from a small town like Kempton Park in the East Rand of Johannesburg where I grew up um the opportunities were very 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 limited so i could never give up because like just in me pursuing and even even like counting my small victories there would be like small kids on the corner or like my neighbors you know two blocks down the road saying yo um i don't understand what you're doing maybe it's it's my neighbor's mom my friend you know a mother there. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't know what this whole thing is about. Uh, But my son loves you. He's inspired by you. He never wanted to grow up in Kempton Park. He never wanted to go to Norcom Park High, the school that you come from. It's not a very, like, um, it's a government school. So it's not a private school. It's not a very fancy school. And and, And she'd say things like that. He never wanted to go to that school. But because you came from that school, he wants to go to that school. Because you've made it out of that environment, you know,
1: they're proud to be from where you're from. So, so it sounds like between your sister and those who recognize you and see you, it's everybody, yeah. it's, you don't want to, like you said, you don't want to let people down. For sure. For sure. And I don't want to let myself down.
0: You know, uh, I had, I had a passion as a young kid to, to make it. And I always wanted, I always aspired to have music being played and to connect with people from all over the
1: world. Where do, so where, do, where does that come from? Where does your, your, your love of music start? Uh, I think from my pops, you know, you know, my dad was always just playing
0: like Luther Vandross, Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, Brooke Benton. And, uh, I think in 2000 and could have been early 2000s. I'm not sure about the exact dates. Uh, one of our broadcasting stations in South Africa called SABC One, uh, would play like these Tupac Shakur documentaries. And because my dad was like, you know, um, a liberation fighter, he was very inspired by, you know, Afini Shakur and the Black Panther movement. Yeah. And, and back, in, back in seventh grade, uh, I, had, uh, I had to do a speech for my English lesson. And um, I asked my father to go, cause I didn't have internet at home. And he had, you know, he had access to the internet at work. And I'm like, yo, can you please give me research on the Black Panther? But I meant Black Panther, the animal, cause I wanted to do a speech on the animal. And my my father brought me this whole booklet on the Black Panther Party. And we watched all these Tupac Shakur documentaries. And but my dad was really trying to teach me about the principles of fighting for what you believe in. And through just watching that, like I became a, a Tupac fan. And, and, and at that time, shortly afterwards, many years after, 8 Mile had just dropped yep. uh, with Eminem. Yep. And, and yeah, we were super inspired by that at school. So we were, you know, we were battle rapping, you know, first break, second break, after school, and, um, and that's really where the drive and the hunger for wanting to be an artist came from.
1: Was there anybody within South Africa that you looked up to back then?
0: Of course, many, many. So one of, one of our biggest genres in South Africa, uh, it's not as big now, it's kind of like transcended and like met into other sub-genres, is a genre called kwaito. And Kwaito had like very big artists, uh, you know, a guy like Brown Dash, um, Arthur Mafukati, um, a dude called Mapaputi. So Mapaputi, what is interesting about Mapaputi was that they did this Kwaito music. And Kwaito, like you can, uh, you can almost like spit like four bars and just like keep repeating that same four bars. They don't even have to rhyme. But what Papa started doing on Guayto music was actually like rhyming consecutively for 16 bars or plus or less. So he was kind of like rapping on Guayto beats. So when I, you know, watching him as a kid, I was like, man, this guy is so fire. And later on, you know, he ended up dating my older sister, and <laughs> you know, and and yeah, and yeah, that's that's just like a side note. Did
1: you did you think you were talented?
0: Yeah, I've always known I'm talented. Um, I didn't, I don't feel like people always believed I was talented. Uh, and just outside of the music, I was always talented in the arts and in, you know, I was a sports person coming to school, I was a track athlete. But you
1: but you, you started, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got, you became successful because of Dance First, correct?
0: Yes, sir. Well, actually first because of athletics and playing soccer. And I was just popular in high school for being that sports guy, that dude, yep. the quick guy, you know? And, and in that time, you know, dance movies like You Got Served, uh, Rise, which was a crump movie, had I just, I just dropped. And we were watching that and spazzing to that. And like, I'm like, oh man, I could do this too. And that's, even though I was rapping already then, it was just more popular to dance, you know? Cause like I said, hip hop wasn't like a hip hop yep. rapping and hip hop music wasn't a huge genre in South Africa. But as Africans, we are moved by dance. So dance was a very big culture. So that's kind of like what got me
1: used to being on stage. What, what, do you, what was your first, because there's always those moments, but what was your first you think, boy, I, I'm making progress? That first moment of, oh, shit, it's happening, or, you know, th- it, this is going to work moment. Jeez, for me, it
0: started very early on in my career when I was about 14 and a half, 15 years old. Me and the group that I was part of at the time was called Black Print. Yep. And, um, yeah, we were just, like, young dudes in high school just recording music or whatever. And one of our first songs, it was a song called Big Bowling. It wasn't a very huge song by the standards of how big songs can be. But, like, in our little high school, in our little community, it was, like, a very big song. And we had a friend who was on, like, a, a big broadcasting kids' show and and she hit us up to say, yo, man, like, yo, I think you guys are amazing. Would you guys love, uh, like to come perform your song on TV? You know, I think you guys are great. And we are like, oh, yeah, sure, for sure. That's great, you know? Um, and we went out there, we performed, and there was a talent manager that was out there, and at the time, he was managing one of the, some of the biggest artists in South Africa, and he had seen us. His name was Busi Lu, so shout-out to Busi Lu. Um, and at the time, he had seen us, and he was, he was blown away by us. And bear mountains this is like, off of one song, we only really had like one song out. And he's like, man, I think your kids are amazing uh, with with grooming, with time, and with a little bit of skill development, I think you guys could be like, you know, the next biggest thing. And and that journey started like, you know, 16 years, like 14, 15 years ago.
1: When was your first kind of on your own moment?
0: Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll say, I'll say, Hmm, 2015, um, even though I've been releasing music prior to that, but 2015 was when I dropped the project called You Don't Know Me Yet, and the reason why it was titled You Don't Know Me Yet is because I felt like you know, it, was, it, was a, it was a project that was showcasing my skill, also saying that like, the skill set that I am displaying on this particular project is not all that there is to me. So even when you've listened to this, this is not all that I can do. I can still do so much more. And it was received like, you know, so well Um, in that time, it, it awarded me like my first nomination at the South African hip hop awards for like best mixtape. And, you know, from then on, like labels started to look, you know, look out for me and, you know, and yeah, that's really where I really started to get like shine as an artist. And I had like, you know, different labels from like different countries, not just in South Africa, like in different countries just reaching out to me on facebook trying to sign me and and that's when i really knew that like i cool i think i got something
1: and and we need to keep going and, and when you say and because uh, i'm curious because you just said it now and you said it early on when it comes to being self-made you just said we who's we oh yeah <laughs> I, I like i like i like saying
0: we because i don't feel like i i i push on my own this the when i say we i, I refer to the community of like fan, the fan base that I yep. have, yep. even if it's just five people, because yep. like you don't know how how far five people believing in you can go, yep. you know? Because they play that song for maybe they hundred people who follow them, who play for another five people who share with their family members. So that's what I mean when I say we. Also, my DJ, DJ So Nice, who's been like my biggest, you know, one of my biggest support structures. Uh, my producer, Weezy Ten Eighty, Hercules, Cut the Lights. Uh, and my partner who I've been with, you know, um for like the last 13 years. So when I say weeds, I mean that. It's, that it's
1: it's everybody who's supporting you. It's those who are for supporting sure. you. Is 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 uh your sound and everyone writes about this, it's it's your own sound. It's yeah. not like anybody else's. Your songs, your beats, everything's everything's you. Where does that come from?
0: I always just felt like I always just believed in being like uh outside of even being like eclectic. I just believed in originality. I mean, when I was growing up listening to, like, the hip-hop artists that I was listening to, guys didn't sound the same, you know? Like, Snoop Dogg had a very identifying yeah. voice. Yeah. Jay-Z has a very, you know, yep. ident- voice that you can identify. Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, you name it. And I told myself that, like, yo, when I come into the industry, I'm not trying to reference anybody. Cool, I will look at, I'll look at what the greats have done for sure but I'm not trying to copy anyone. I'm trying to come with something completely different, something completely original so that, like, you know, um, the kids who are looking at me also feel like, yo, man, I don't have to pretend to be like someone I'm not. I can be like myself and just, like, really develop myself as a person, as an artist, and people can love that. And But I'm also not saying that it's a bad thing to be referenced by people, you know, I've heard the term, like, you know, great artists, uh, good artists um, a copy and great artists yep. steal, something yep. like that, you know? Um, and I feel that, I don't entirely agree with that, but like, I-, I-, I feel it, you know? So I always just wanted to be original, like a one-of-one.
1: It is, is, you've got a famous partner. Um, yes, do. And does, is that because I was thinking about it today, is that in in some ways having a spouse who's in the same space? It's almost. Do you wanna? Do you want that, or you don't want that? Are they? Do you want to share every 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 you know so, uh, song and beat and idea having your head with them, or do you do you not want to share with them? How does that work?
0: For me, because she's been like she's been my best friend, and I've been with her since I was in high school. You know. Um, it's, and when we started, we didn't start off as like, oh, we are like a, a celebrity couple or we are personalities. We're just like, you know, two young kids who like really messed with each other, you know, and, and granted through us pursuing our individual endeavors and supporting each other, we've been our, our number one fans like, like throughout, you know, and now she's, she's a big somebody, her name is Buntle. Uh, Bunte, they know her as Bunte yep. Muloi, which is my surname, and yeah, she's a presenter, an actress, a radio presenter, a choreographer, a dancer, just like an overall, like, superwoman, you know? Um, so it's been really great, like, seeing her, like, achieve her stuff, and like, we still 13 years in, I still get excited about playing her songs, like, yo... She's in the next room as we speak. Like, yo, baby, yo, you need to come listen to what I got, you know? And because she's also a musician, it kind of makes it, like, easier for us. Because, sure. You know, the, I think the difficulty that people do face when they are in the public eye. I, oh, <laughs> I hear <laughs> That's her Did She cheer me on from the next room, literally. Um, is that, like... People, if you're with a partner who's not in the industry, for instance, they don't really understand the late nights that you have. You know, I'm in the studio as we speak. So my girl understands if I'm coming into bed at like 6 a.m. in the morning, she knows like, it's not because I'm entertaining, you know, random groupies, I'm actually really, really working. And because she's in the industry and she's privy to it, like we have a, a genuine like understanding and like everything we do is in consensus. Whereas if she wasn't, you know, in the industry with me, like maybe she, she wouldn't understand, you know, how the late nights and like
1: being out and maybe the attention that you get from the females or whatever the case is. is. Uh, does it feel just as good to have a successful song together as Rick Jade as it is to, 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 to have your own song? Oh, yes.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, me doing, me doing it on my own, is pretty ugly. It's been like an amazing journey um but doing it with my partner and forming this collective rick jade a rick jade album is still a new rick jade album is still on the way a new rick jade music is on the way we haven't dropped any music in about a year now because i have focused we've been focused on our respective uh individual careers um but yeah the the success of rick jade is so amazing because the music is organic it's so real so if we're speaking about love you know sometimes you hear like some love songs from people who 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 aren't who who don't have love in their real lives, you know? Yep. Or you hear you hear a lot of music from like young rappers about like chains and jewelry and, and money that they don't have. Even though like I understand hip hop is aspirational. But what's great about Rick Jade is that everything was like a hundred percent real, a hundred percent organic and um yeah, and it also allowed me to, you know, to step away from just, you know, cause as pretty ugly in the pretty ugly bracket, um I've almost kind of set the tone for what people expect from me somewhat. Like they know me as the rapper, I'm the rapper, don't do anything else but rap, you know? Uh, with the Rick Jade thing, it like allowed me to explore. What
1: you are so, you could be somebody else, you could do something it, different. Exactly, exactly.
0: Which so is I, I have to know, part.
1: where did the name come from? Pretty ugly.
0: Um. So the name actually is, is a name that I got in high school. Uh, I wish I had a very exciting story about it, but it's really not an exciting story at all um i used to i used to like like battling guys i was like a big battle like you know mc in high school and every time i rapped you know like in the east rand where i'm from at the time we used to refer to things that were really dope as like ugly so like the sweater would be like oh, pretty, oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah. that sweater is
0: ugly you know what i'm saying oh that, that that car did you see that car that car is ugly so if you if you rap really wild it was like yo man listen to the boys raps they are ugly you know um but that's that's where the name ugly came from and then the pretty ugly aspect of it was for me was like more like a duality um at the time like i actually wanted to call myself this is a story i've never shared anywhere else i actually wanted to call myself yin yang you know because i believe in the concept of life and death and at the time there was like the yin yang twins and i'm like oh man that's kind of unoriginal so i'm like yo what kind of has like that ring to it as well that I can play around with, you know, yeah, um, and like pretty ugly, you know, uh, pretty ugly. It just stuck. That, it, just it just stuck. stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I I interv- I was interviewing uh, Money Bag Yo, and he told me the story about his name. And there's nothing real special to it. It just he and a friend they needed a name, and it was about uh, getting the bag, getting the money, and then Yo came yeah. from his his first name, and that's it. Like there's nothing. That's crazy. Else. It just I love it just Moneybag. stuck. It Moneybag just stuck. Inspired. Oh no, he's great. Um, do do you do you set goals? I do. Definitely. So what what would be? You don't have to go into detail because sometimes people like oh. to keep it personal. But what's the next big goal, or how do you look? Do you look at it short term? Do you look at it long term?
0: Yeah, I, I I really do believe in baby steps. So um, I, I like to set short term goals and achieve those short term goals. And then once I've achieved those goals, I set, I set new goals, you know. Sometimes it's in yearly increments. Sometimes it's in half yearly increments. Sometimes it's a, five year, it's, a fi- it's in five-year increments, you know. Um, but uh, basically, you know, I have a company called The Global African Sound. And we partnered up with, like, an amazing label in South Africa called Stain, uh, Stay Low Entertainment, you know. And, and basically, the next chapter of Pretty Ugly, um i'm not saying that i'm quitting music or anything i'm just saying i think over the next five to ten years uh, a lot of my focus creatively and artistically will be in you know in grooming other artists in bringing Mm -hmm. up other artists and giving other artists a platform and um an opportunity that i may not have had you know maybe i felt like yo man I always felt like when I'm done being a music artist, I'm going to be like one of the best talent managers that is out there because I know exactly what an artist needs, what our struggles are. And and, and
1: I'm also a very fair guy. Mm -hmm. So what are the, give me two things you'd tell an up-and-coming artist. Two things. One, number one,
0: Always believe in yourself, you always need to believe in yourself before anybody else believes in you. Because sometimes your self-belief is infectious and makes yep. other people believe in you. Yep. But like if you're walking around expecting other people, people are too busy and too worried and too stressed about their own things to be like, you know, cheering you on if you barely believe in yourself. Unless yep. they love you and that's your mother, you know. So number one, self-belief, you know. Um, and number two. It's like what I said earlier on, like any losses that you take is like those are character building moments, yeah yep. you know so don't don't take don't take it as a loss and give up like you need to keep going, you need to work harder than like the people you're trying to beat you need to be work harder than the people you aspire to you know it's not harder, just as hard you know um like you always just just need to keep working, so that would be like the two things I tell them like always believe in yourself, never give up. I know it's very cliche, but that's the truth the no but that's between- it's,
1: it's also the yeah. most difficult thing to do is is well, sure. that concept of never giving up and trusting your own instincts is definitely uh, uh, I can point that in everything i've done That my biggest failures is when i'm not listen- i don't trust myself, and I'm sure. listening to somebody else tell me um, um i relate it is. Is uh, from your wife's perspective, what do you think she's brought to you? Damn, um, she also li- she also
0: works in an industry that's very difficult uh, worldwide. Um, dancers, are, I feel like are some of the most important people in the world. Yep, but often the most, the least appreciated. Yep, you know what I'm saying. I mean, think about an awards show that didn't have dances in it. Yep. You know, think about music creation without people dancing to it. Yep. You know, one of the biggest hip hop movements in, in America is trap music. Yep. And that's, that's that, you know, even, even though it's about the street culture, it's really about like the clubs and making people like dance. There's an industry that's, that's come from that an industry, you know, an off the night industry, like in the strip clubs or just like video vixens or just choreographers in the music videos and that kind of thing. So because like it's an art form that is undermined, seeing her excel in it, propel in it. I stopped being a dancer because when in the time when I was dancing, it was 10 years plus ago, um, I wasn't making any money. It was just yep. like really off of like my passion. And. She went through those moments and through those years of not making the money to now being someone successful who's able to, like, put the money back into the community and feed dancers, you know, th- and feed dance and put money, yeah, and, put, and, 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 and be able to give dancers the money to go home and feed their families, you know. I've seen her fights in boardrooms when, like, boardrooms are saying, like, oh, maybe our budget is, I don't know, 50000 And she'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. If you want 50,000, I can't give you, you know, 20 dances. Maybe 50,000 can cover five dances, you know? But if you want X amount of dances, this is going to be worth 300,000 because that's what they deserve. And she doesn't pocket that money for herself. Are you, you
1: do you both see, I mean, um, the the positivity of TikTok and everything else where you're seeing dancing now just, it's becoming so, it's in some ways, if you're an artist today dancing is a way to become an artist. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, facts, facts. I mean, most of the dancers, I mean, most of the artists that are in our industry in in Southern Africa right now, come from like the culture of dance. A lot of them used to be dancers. The biggest genre in Africa right now is Amapiano music, which is from South Africa. And a big part of what makes that music so successful is because like I said, innately as Africans, you know, we are prone to to dancing. We love to dance. We're prone to, like, we love music that makes us dance, you know? So I do feel like, yeah, dancing is, like, a very important element in that aspect because had it not also been from my dance background, I also wouldn't have had the confidence and the courage to get onto stage. So sometimes it just it develops your character. Sure, or it develops, even your exactly. Comfort, you know? It allows you to yeah. build.
1: How, how have you both, because... Most people, and for those watching outside of South Africa, yeah. South Africa has had the, to me, it's the biggest lockdown place in the world when it comes to COVID. You guys <laughs> have been locked down more than anybody else. It's more strict than yeah. anybody else. How have you, have you stayed positive and endured? How have you, have you, you know, just just the mindset?
0: Yeah, it's been, I will lie, it's been a very difficult um, process um especially as like artists and creators because it's very little that even the government does you know to help and and i think you know we just actually don't we shouldn't actually really even expect anything from the from the government from the government because that builds complacency and then and then in turn we don't do anything because we're waiting for handouts um but it has been a difficult period but i think what's really helped for us is I've been fortunate enough to be working for such a long time that I actually have a studio of my own. I don't have to actually be going to go book studio sessions or going to go hustle for studio sessions. So it's actually been like it's awarded me the time to be at my most creative. Yep. You know, so even though we haven't been out there and being being able to connect with the people, we we it has taught us to be very innovative. You know, to do more instant lives, to to do you know, programs like the one you're doing, self made as well, you know, to uh to do a whole bunch of research and learn things and in the same time like it's given us a lot of time to introspect if you don't use this, if you haven't used this time to like spiritually grow yourself. And this is this is removing this, the religious aspect from it. Yep. I mean just like internalizing like where yep. you come from, where you're trying to go, where your people come from, where we need to move to as a as a people. Um it has it, it awarded you the time to really introspect, really plan, sit down and be creative because now you need to be like creative because people are not just because, you know, a lot of people will just be don- dropping maybe dance music because or, yep. or maybe yep. very commercial bubblegum music because everyone's in the club and not because everyone, most people are at home or in their offices and, and working from home. It's also allowed people like myself, you know, in my project, my project is a very lyrical based album it's it's more about what i'm saying and the message and what i'm saying than in the vibe of the music sure. so it's it's a, it's 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 i feel like maybe had it not even gone into it had we not had a lockdown maybe i wouldn't have been in the space to create the type of album that i had created you take you, like you, you the take what means. you're
1: given and you you create off that for sure 100 who who is who out there would you love to work with outside of africa
0: uh, Kanye West, for yeah. sure, Jay-Z, for sure, I don't know, this this sounds ambiguous and ambitious, but I like, I, I, I really believe in it being like a reality, um, I think, um, I always wanted to get like a Pharrell-produced song, yeah. I'd love to be in studio with Pharrell, even if I'm not even working, just like, just soaking up his, his knowledge. Um, Rose, man, I think I'd love to, you know, do a, a classic hip hop song with, with Rick Ross, you know, I think he's, he's amazing. He's been to South Africa a few times. he, yep, he, he has. He's one of our bigger artists, you know, uh, yeah, he did a song with the, one of our bigger artists uh, called, uh, named Cuesta. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, there's a lot more. Uh, it, my mind is just black. How, how blank about, right how now. about,
1: how about within Africa, outside of South Africa?
0: Wizkid for sure. Yeah, um, Wizkid is my favorite, my favorite artist in in Africa. Period. Um, I'd love to do a song with with Stone Boy. Um, I think Quessy Arthur is also very. He's, he's he's quite talented. He's a very very interesting dude. Um, yeah. Oh, sure. A legend. I'd love to do a song with Angelique Kijo. If people don't know who Angelique Kijo is, maybe just do research on like who won. Um, a Grammy for best African act last year. Uh, she's a legend in the industry
1: and um, I would love to do a song with her. Um, who, describe your fans. Can you pick them out in a lineup? Do you know who they are? Jeez,
0: nah, I can't. And it's, it, it, I would love to say that like, I have a type of fan um, but it varies, uh, I've, I've, I've met little six-year-olds who like adore me, who want to have, who want to do the same grades that I have, and then I've met, you know, 48-year-old, 50-year-old grown women, who say, wow, we think you're, <laughs> you're so amazing, and then I have fans, you know, a big market, I don't want to say a big market, but I've, I've come across my fair share of like, even homeless people, who see me in the streets or at the you know at the traffic lights and you know and i'm like yo pretty ugly and, and in my head i'll drive past you know i engage with them <laughs> and i think i'm like yo where do you where do you even hear of me where do you see me
1: are you, you know, do so, they all have in common that you're inspiring them with what with with forget put aside the song but the words you're saying what you're expressing
0: definitely definitely people are inspired by the music and the message in in the music, and also like how, and then the message that we you know that we we spread in everyday life. You know, a lot of people come to me and say, "I've had a lot of people who said I wasn't initially a fan of your music, but then I've been following you on socials, yep. and you you're such a humble dude, yep. and it actually made me go back into the music, and now I I love your music, I love your visuals, you know. So yeah, so yeah." No. So I um, kind of lost my w- trailer there. But no, that's
1: okay. With Soil, with the lead song, um, how'd you come up with the video?
0: Yo, shout out to my amazing
1: team. Um,
0: Stay Low, we have an amazing creative team. Um, Fred Mercury, Vaughn Thiel, uh Sasha our DOP, you know, the editing team, Psy-T, they're so amazing, you know. So um i'm i'm privileged enough to be working with a team that really really believes in me and who are able to take the music that we create and and think about the most creative ways you know to really like expand on the music because the visuals are an expansion of the music a lot of people become fans of you from seeing you before they like listen to you you know so we had to make sure that the aesthetics of the music visuals, which is from my whole career people have always really loved the music videos. I never had like big budget music videos. No, like said, no, like you don't but you don't need dude. that. But you don't exactly. need that. Exactly. Yeah. because I feel like in the independence and in not having the money is where you stretch the the limits of your creativity. Correct. So we've always had like very creative videos and when it comes to the song soil, it's the intro of the album. And um and we really and in the song I mentioned different places. I mentioned you know, I know some Kelly dudes that want to move to Cape Town. I mentioned, I know some New York guys that want to move to South Africa, I mean, yeah, Joburg, yeah. you know? Yep. I know some ATL girls want to move to Durban. And these are just cities, like, in South Africa. And it's almost me inviting the rest of the world to say, like, oh, man, you have the big hip-hop fans? Like, yo, there's some amazing hip-hop music from South Africa. And also saying to South Africans, like, be proud to be where you're from. Because a lot yep. of us, the... Uh, one of the biggest issues that we have in South Africa is that the people that we have with the highest expertise, so this will be like people who've gone on to go study, like they, they get their degrees or whatever the case is. And because of the lack of opportunities, sometimes in the countries and the regions that they're from, they'd rather move overseas. And like their expertise are used that side. And then now we lack the doctors and we lack, you know, the resources and the people who are really well-knowledged and, um, so, as a result, you know, uh, man, I lost my
1: trailer thought. No, lost, I'm thinking 100 and that's 100, okay. No, but, but go, go, again, I'm a, the video is oh, soil it, the video. Yeah, is. It, 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 I think it's, I don't know, you don't need it, just proves it. And again, I don't know what the budget was, but you don't need big budgets to make great visuals. For sure. The for visual, sure. there's a song, I'm a huge fan of uh, this artist, uh, Moray, he had the song Quicksand. I love Moray, yeah. I love but the video is just the coolest it's video. Just like, it's just him in the hood, he's driving, he's dancing, he's, he's just friends. It it's so perfect. And I someone told me we should re- we we uh, he should redo the video. Fuck that. The video's perfect. You don't want to redo you can't do that.
0: I know him off of that song. Correct. J. Cole this, I mean, you know, he's from he's he's from the same neighborhood as J. Cole is. Yeah and J. Cole, that's the well, that's one of the songs, if not the first song that J. Cole had heard from Moray that made him want to feature Moray on his album you know but yeah I think I think yeah I think that's amazing like and now as we're speaking like the Soil a lot of people who've seen the video if you haven't gone if you haven't seen the video please I encourage you it's on my YouTube channel um just type in pretty ugly Soil you'll get it there um we went to like different places in South Africa to go shoot the music video we actually flew there so a lot of people who see the music video think it was green screen and the background the green screen yeah, yeah. and like yeah, no, we actually went to these places. And like, just because like the messaging in the song, I'm getting my hair braided for the first time. Cause you know, initially, yeah, I had a very different hairstyle, but like, you know, for this album and just in this period that I've been going through, I just really wanted to grow out my hair. And back in the plantations, back in the day, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the slave plantations in America, uh, the slaves would like cornrow their hairs to give each other like um, maps of how to escape the cornfields or the plantations, so that's actually like the kind of theme that we're kind of like playing on. Because I kind of, I kind of speak on slavery on the song, and and you know, so we're kind of we're we're trying to infuse very like cool. all those different dynamics, you know. Also, make it very educational. Make very people cool. Ask you know, why is it like that? Where did he go? What is that place? Uh, but I'm glad you appreciate
1: it. No, very cool. Well, I, I pretty pretty ugly i appreciate you speaking to me i I can i literally you're authentic you feel your authenticity and your passion for your craft and you love what you do and you're a fan you're just you're also a fan um uh, of 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 music you can see it and feel it um if there's anything i can do uh you you've got our team and our support if there's anything i could possibly do keep going don't stop um uh it's just, it's awesome to talk to you, to hear your story and, and, and being, being your own self-made path to get to where you are. So I appreciate it.
0: Yo, my King, I'm extremely humbled and extremely um, grateful for the opportunity. Uh, I wish you all the best in your endeavors. Keep inspiring. Thank um, you.
1: Uh, And I'd also love to get a a blue bottle. I know it's not available in Africa yet. You'll get the blue. It's coming to South Africa. This COVID shit's terrible, but blue's coming, I promise. Shit's on fire. (laughs) We'll get you the blue. But in the meantime, keep supporting on Bel Air and Bamboo and the rest of the brands, all right? For sure. Thank you so much. Cheers, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Take care.